Welcome everybody to the Stone Down Sports Podcast. My name is Matt. Really thrilled to be here with you tonight as we embark on season two. That's right. We are on to fantasy baseball and I for one am very excited about that. Baseball is the first love of my life. It's America's pastime. I don't know what I'd do without it. Uh, as you can see, things look a, a little bit different here. We are down a man, as Ramey Wrench mentioned on on Sunday. He's going to bow out for a little bit. He's not uh, real heavy into the fantasy baseball, but that's fine, and, and we're happy to have him back whenever he wants to be here. But I got Kyle here with me tonight, and as yes, sir. you might be able to see, he, he's got the, uh, the block M on his chest. I do as oh, well. Yeah. That's because Michigan is national champion. That's right, baby. They are. It's great. It's awesome. Where's the cheering? There it is. Oh. How amazing is that, dude? Finally, national champions. First time since 97. And I don't, you know, that stuff was just different back then. You know, it wasn't a playoff. It was votes and things and pre-BCS. I think that was actually the last year. Last year. year. Yep. See. And then Michigan won again right before it changes to the 12-team playoff, so. Kind of interesting um, thing there. But, um, yeah, last night was a great game. Awesome. Loved it. Uh, got a little concern there for a while. And, uh, you know, they just started taking over. Michigan's defense is, is just amazing. They looked amazing last night. And uh, defense wins championships still. That's it. They uh, they made Michael Penix look, uh, look human. He still had a, a decent game. He threw a couple picks. And, and to be fair, Michigan had some blown coverages, especially on the defensive left side against uh, Odunze. Fortunately for us, they really only connected on one. Yeah, they had a lot of drops. <laughs> yes, they did. The chat is hopping already. We got Dubo in here. Go Blue, you damn straight, brother. What's going on? Happy you're here to join us. And the aforementioned Ramey. You guys look cute in your matching outfits. And I'm sure Thanks. you're sitting there at home on your couch in your Cubs onesie, wondering if they're <laughs> going to sign anybody. Nope, they're not letting everybody walk. No Ballinger, no Stroman. It's letting everybody walk. But all right, you want to get into it? I think we're going to talk. We're going to talk about uh, a few uh, free agent signings, uh, a few players. Talk about them a little bit, and I'll, um how they will, you know, help that team affect their team, what they did last year. And then we'll talk about a few free agents that are still out there uh, waiting to get signed still early on a lot of that. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Some big names out there still, still waiting for a team. Um, first one we were going to do is the man pretty much. I mean, if you don't know who this guy is, I don't know where you've been. Uh, <laughs> Shohei Otani. Signed that huge deal with the Dodgers, 10 years, 100 gazillion dollars, deferring it till he retires kind of thing. But um, I'm I'm excited to see I, – I don't really love the Dodgers, I'll be honest. Um, but I am excited to see um, how the lineup's going to look with Betts and Freeman and Otani and how they're going to help each other um, as well. Otani really hasn't had – a lot of great hitters behind him um, in his career. And I'm thinking that's going to change this year. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, based on what I've seen, it looks like he's going to hit second, most likely. So he'll have uh, Mookie Betts in front of him, Freddie Freeman behind him. And, and even then, you've got Will Smith and, and Max Muncie. That lineup is, is just loaded. It As is. a matter of fact, against right-handed hitters, that lineup should feature six lefties, which is just an insane. Um, you know, Otani hits left-handed. It's not like he's going on a bench when a lefty's out there on the mound. Obviously, he had uh, Tommy John surgery, so he's not going to be playing the field. He'll he'll DH. Be sure as shit is not going to pitch this year, and we made it to four minute thirty second mark. Hooray! Hooray! Nice. Good job. Um, I do think it's important, though, that people understand that they need to temper expectations. He is coming back from that Tommy John surgery. And as I was trying to get an idea of what exactly we should expect out of him, I looked at Bryce Harper from last season. He missed mm -hmm. uh, April, came back, played May and June, and, and he had, you know, strictly speaking from power numbers, he had three home runs those first two months. After the break, 18 home runs. So yeah. don't expect him to come out and just light things on fire and 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 mash the hell out of the ball. That's not how it's going to be. Um, you know, it's important to make sure your expectations are are kind of tempered. Dodger Stadium, it you know, we'll talk about pitchers' parks and, and hitters' parks. Dodger Stadium's kind of right there in the middle. Um, they've got a, a 99 park factor, according to StatCast. 100 is average, so it leans just slightly towards pitching, but it, it's really an, an average park. Um, I'm incredibly excited to see just how many runs this team is, is going to score. There are no soft spots in the lineup. You're going to have to pitch to everybody. And when it comes to pitching, you'll you'll hear people talk about high leverage situations and, and things like that. Every damn hitter is going to be a high leverage situation because not only do Mookie and Otani and Freddie Freeman have some pop, but they get on base too. They and do. when you yeah. get ducked on the pond, it makes every pitch so much more strenuous. They they have definitely those those three Otani and Betson. And Freeman definitely have a chance to become one of the greatest trio of offensive teammates of all time. There's been some good ones, obviously, you know, way back in the uh, uh, Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig days. There's a lot of those guys. But uh, Otani led the league in OPS last year. Uh, Betts was what? Shit, I had it right here. Was fifth. And Freeman was seventh. Could you imagine if they had three guys at the thousand? That's that's just insane. And, and you look at all, all three dudes, all three guys are MVP caliber players. You're Absolutely. thrilled if you get one on your team. Imagine having to face one after another yeah. after another. Yeah. Guess who's got uh, Betts and Freeman on his dynasty team? It's scat. Bully for you. <laughs> Heck yeah. Love it. But I'm um, excited to see what they can do there. Uh, I did read about a slim chance, you know, later in the season when his arm is healed. Dave Roberts asked Otani if he could play left field. It'd be interesting. It's possible if that happens, I wouldn't count on it. it Maybe before late August, early September. Oh, I was, oh, once once you're in be, the dog days. It would definitely probably be September, uh, I would think for sure. But um yeah, we'll see. Heck yeah. All right. Who do we got next on the list here? We have former Tiger Eduardo Rodriguez. 
Last year at the trade deadline, yeah, piss on that, dude. <laughs> Last year at the trade deadline, Detroit had a deal worked out. I think it was to send him to the Dodgers, and and he put the kibosh on that because he doesn't want to go out west. And then look what his yep. bitch ass does. He goes and signs with the Diamondbacks. That's a good get for him. Um, he's going from one of the top six pitchers parks in Comerica Park to uh, whatever bullshit they're calling it out there in, in Arizona now. Um, it's more of a, a neutral park. The defense that's going to be behind them is similar, you know, d- despite Detroit's subpar record last year, they were a pretty damn good defensive team, but there's going to be a huge upgrade for him in terms of offense and the run support he can expect. He'll slide in as a number two, probably behind Zach Gallen, uh, and in front of Merrill Kelly in terms of of you know fantasy he's somebody who he doesn't give up a, a lot of home runs he doesn't walk a lot of guys but the your trade off with that is he doesn't strike a lot of guys out either yeah um he's someone who'd be better in rotisserie leagues than in points leagues just due to the low strikeouts because in points league that's what you're really looking for he he finished sp35 in the spn points leagues last season yeah, so, that was that wasn't horrible awful. I just don't expect another 3.30 ERA in the NL. Um, no, as well, and it, like you said, it'll be a mid-rotation spot, um, and he'll probably still—I think he'll still be outside of the top 40. Honestly, um, his expected ERA last season was 4.04, which kind of slots him more a three and SP3, SP4 almost. Um, yeah, I, I think he's. If you can get Erod as your SP4, I think you're going to be happy about that. Yeah. Um, strikeouts are are we'll call it relatively easy to find on on the waiver wire, and and we'll get into uh, you know waiver wire strategy more later on uh, in this episode mm-hmm. and and in the coming weeks. Um, you know he's he's a, a really good but not great pitcher. But he can go out there on on any given night and and throw you seven shutout innings with, you know, three hits, two walks, and and seven or eight strikeouts. Yeah, maybe not any given night. He does come with some durability concerns. He's not. He's only reached the two hundred inning mark once, um, in his eight seasons. So, but when he's healthy, I think he should be solid. Somebody on your team that, uh, like you said, if you're if you're uh, got him as your four, you're pretty happy. Yep, for sure. Heck yeah. All right. We'll go to the next one. Oh, who we got here? Lucas Giolito, uh, right-handed pitcher with the Red Sox. Um, let's see. He was in top 50 for ESPN points leagues uh, last season. Um, he was a top 20 fantasy starter as re- recently as 2021. Um, but... Um, his run prevention's become a big problem. Posted a 4.89 ERA over the last two seasons, giving up 65 home runs. Um, we'll see. I, I don't know. He was, Jesus. He, he permitted, oh my God, permitted eight runs per game in a game for each of the three teams he played for last season. Yeah, That's Lucas Giolito, he's a bad outings. He's kind of an enigma. So he was a very highly regarded prospect. He was a number one pick for the Nationals back in the day. Came up with them, looked halfway decent, got traded to the White Sox. When he actually got a chance to be a full-time starter, he was the worst starter in baseball. He was absolute garbage. 
in the very next season, he turned it around. He was fantastic. He's somebody who's going to eat through innings for you. Um, he has three straight seasons of 30 plus starts. He's got 200 plus strikeouts and two out of three at two years, 38 and a half million. This is kind of a low risk, high reward signing for the Red Sox. I like it. Um, he does give up the long ball and Boston is the second best hitters park. So he's going to, he's really going to have to work on that if he wants to have success there in Boston, but they only play half their games there, but the AL East is, is that's, just that's, brutal. that's where I was going. It's going to be tough in the, in the American league East. Um, I don't love it. Um, I still don't think it'll be super easy at Fenway, but, um, he's a fine value pick in fantasy drafts. Um, it's going to be late, late, late round. And, or if it's uh auction, it's not going to be too much, not going to be too much, but a buck or two. Yeah, um, he, he should be pretty cheap. You just, you need to keep your expectations in line with reality. He's definitely. a pitcher who's, who's prone to blow ups. So. Yep. Um, but like you said, he'll be around. He should be durable. He's, um, hopefully he tightens up his mechanics a little bit and, and stays healthy. Um, if so. He'd be all right. Uh, somebody to have on your team to eat up some innings. Absolutely. We, uh, we've got our first tiger signing up next. We Mr. Do. Kenta Maeda. No, you're oh, going yeah. in order. I'm going in the order that these are in here as. Oh, then I did it wrong, but go ahead. All right. Kenta Maeda. Um, two years, 24 million. He's going to be the SP three SP three for the Tigers. He's up there in years. He's going to be 36 next in April. Um, he's somebody who, you know, he's a, a, a little over nine K's per nine innings, which is kind of the benchmark for, for what you want better than average walk per nines and in a little higher than average home runs per nine with him. You're, you're hoping to get 25 starts. He's not really done that in, in recent years. And I know he's been used in relief some by uh, by Minnesota. And, and he spent some time with the Dodgers. And he was used out of the pen and, and some spot starts there. He's a, we'll call him top 100 starting pitcher with, with upside depending on matchup. But he's, he's one of those guys who you're going to have at the bottom of your rotation in a roster spot that you may be churning all season long. Yeah. And I... I think I can find 75 starting pitchers better suited than him. Honestly, uh, yeah. we'll see. He finished outside the top hundred in points leagues uh, last year. Um, like you said, he does. Um, he is 36. He does miss a lot of bats. Um, he's his low. He has a low career uh, whip at 1.14, which is good. Um, on the non-fantasy side, the Tigers wanted, you know, a veteran guy. It's a young rotation. I get it. Um, but I don't expect now this is his second year uh, since having Tommy John. So they're hoping for a nice bounce back uh, season from him. We'll see. I don't think he'll be particularly dominant and he wasn't last year. No, I mean, it. I'll take a flyer on him and it, it, you know, the end of a snake draft or, you know, I'll throw a buck or two on him just to, to kind of see what happens. Sure. Uh, he's only made 30 starts once in his career to expect. So to expect anything like that would be kind of foolish. But if you can, you know, get 20 starts out of him, he's not somebody you're, he's not a set and forget pitcher. 
he's somebody who, you know, you're going to stream him against some, some lesser teams, especially at home. Detroit is such a, a pitcher's park that that should help him out there as well. Um, but definitely not somebody to build your rotation around. Nope, not at all. <laughs> and, and he'll give too. you know, if you look, you know, if you expand out a little bit, he's going to give a nice veteran presence there for Detroit's pitchers. They've got a lot of young guys. Scooble, Mize is coming back. Uh, Matt Manning looked pretty damn good in, in some flashes last year, but he's had some health concerns. And, and I think, too, they're they're just kind of hoping for some stability with him. Yeah. And there, and speaking of Scooble, there was, you know, folks who drafted him last year and then released him or dropped him or did whatever. And then, you know, he did so well in the second half of the season. He's my pick for AL Cy Young this year. There you go. He was the best pitcher in baseball, August and September. Yeah. He was very good. Very good. So hopefully he can continue that. Maybe my, he'll have a pop back year. You know, he has regressed the last two years, so maybe he'll figure some things out, but. Um, I'll look for him to be amazing. Like I said, I, oh, uh, he ain't anybody. I, he's not on my radar, but we'll see. Not at all. But it, <clears throat> so you'll see this, you know, if you go into some online forum, you're on Reddit or whatever, or, or you know, listening to your sports talk show of, of choice, and you'll hear who's on your do not draft list. Well, nobody, because everybody is a value at some point. If I'm at sure. the end of my draft and I got a buck and I got one more roster spot, Sure, he he's in a similar boat to Lucas Giolito. Giolito's younger. There, there's better strikeout upside there as well. But but still, Giolito's going to be gone before the end of the draft. Maybe Maeda's hanging out. And again, he's somebody who you can stream depending on matchup. But pitchers like him are going to be available on the wire all season long. Yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, all right. Next up is Sonny Gray. Free agent signed a uh, guy. He signed his what? 15 now. Something like that. He's been around 15? for a minute. Yeah. He's been around for a minute. Um, signed with the Cardinals. Um, you know, he, I think he's going to help that team. Um, you know, they also signed what Gibson and Lance Lynn. Um, those veterans struggle to keep runs off the board. Uh, Gray does a fine job of that. His career, career, career ERA is 3.47. Um, my problem with him is he doesn't go very deep into starts. Um, he's only had what single digit win totals, uh, each of the last three seasons and fewer than 12 wins in every year since 2015. But I think you still got to view him as a top 30 fantasy starter. Uh, he finished SP 14 last season in point scoring. What he can do really well, what he's really good at, you know, me how runs he gave up last year. Eight, uh, eight, yeah. eight he keeps the ball in the park. Yep. Um, that was the lowest in baseball. Next closest was Justin Steele. Um, but his ability to keep the ball in the park is one of his biggest perks. Um, I think you'll get 150, 175 innings out of him with uh, ERA in the mid threes. See what happens. But yeah, more stadiums, he, more pitcher friendly than target field. So it is. But I mean, the Cardinals were the third best fielding team last year. So he's going to have a, de- a good defense behind him. Yeah. Um, he, he's going to slot in as the SP one. He was second in Cy Young voting last year, made 30 starts last year for the first time since 2019. And, and there are some, some question marks behind him in the rotation. Lance Lynn is, is somebody who's prone to, to blow ups. Kyle Gibson is, is a jag, maybe slightly better. And then you've got miles Nicholas and, and Steven Matz who are just 
bodies there to, to fill in the rotation. Right. Um, he's, he's getting up there in years too. He's going to be 34. Actually, he just turned 34. Um, November 7th day after my birthday. <laughs> and this last season really seemed like an outlier. He's another one of those guys who's who's been pretty good outside of the time he spent in New York. And, you know, to be fair, not everybody is is made to pitch in a market like that with just that level of scrutiny. And I know this may chap Ramey's ass a little bit, uh, but the Cardinals fan base is is really one of the best in baseball. And. I think if you're going into the season expecting a repeat of last year, you're going to be disappointed. I think if you're looking for something more in line with his career averages, then all right, that's that that's something I can deal with. Um, he is their SP1. I don't necessarily think he's going to be an SP1 this year. And, and what I mean by that is I, I don't see him as a top 10 to 12 starter. I think he's a rock solid SP2, um, but to draft him as anything more than that, I, I think would be a, a little bit foolish. They did sign him to a, a a pretty decent deal. It was three years for for seventy five million. I don't know that I'm going to be very happy about running a thirty seven year old Sonny Gray out there, but you know we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, um, there's. With his pedestrian strikeout totals and his, you know, he basically relies on luck to produce wins. I think it makes more sense to get a high upside guy like Hunter Green or something like that, who I think will do more good if everything breaks right. Um, what I will say about Gray is guy's been a stud in the second half of season. So if you do draft in this season, be patient. I mean, you really the first couple months of the season, you need to be patient regardless until you start getting into summer. Guys start hitting things like that. But um, Sonny Gray, very good second half pitcher. Maybe it's somebody you can uh, grab to help you later in the season. We'll see. Yeah, for sure. And, and you're going to run into pitchers out there like that. Uh, one that comes to mind as a notorious slow starter was Corey Kluber. And he was somebody yeah. I was always looking to to buy low on in, you know, maybe mid-May or, or something like that. But either fortunately or unfortunately, I've never been blessed enough to play in a fantasy baseball league with idiots. So uh, yeah. I was never really able to get him for, for uh, bargain basement prices. One thing that is concerning about Sonny Gray, though, is, is just looking at his his batted ball information. His ground ball percentage is going down. He's giving up more line drives and, and fly balls, and that's generally a recipe for disaster, especially as you get into the summer months where the ball really starts to fly. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. He's also been, a, you know, like you were saying, a, a second-half pitcher. So, you know, in a scenario like that, something has to give. But, again, at the end of the day, you know, he's he's somebody. He should be a, a rock-solid SP2 for you. Um, if you can get him as your SP3, it's even better. Yeah. Ramey says – oh, I just screwed up the button here. Cubs sign Shota Amanaga. God, I hope I'm saying that right. No shit. Um, Left-handed pitcher from Japan. Um, not a superpower guy. Um, definitely relies on command and change up, kind of like a Greg Maddox in a way. Let's see what happens. It's about time the Cubs threw their hat in the ring to uh to pick up a a free agent or two. And and for (laughs) Ramey's sake, hopefully they're they're not done. They do have a a couple of their own uh, possibly departing free agents that we're going to touch on here in, in just a few minutes. 
All right, Candelario. Sign with the Reds. Why the hell? That team is loaded. Infielders. Ah, young infielders. I just I don't get it. He's had another hit, another solid season for the Nationals and Cubs last season. Career high, 64 extra base hits, uh, 807 OPS, which is pretty good. Couple, uh, a few stolen bases as well, eight of them. Um, he was the top 20 in, you know, first base, third base in the SPN points formats last year. He'll probably hit in the middle of the lineup. It's a hitter-friendly ballpark there. He's got another shot at being a top 75 fantasy hitter this year. I just don't understand what they're so loaded with infielders there. Maybe they'll make a trade and get some pitching or something, but I, I didn't quite understand that part of it. <clears throat> yeah, with, with him, you know, according to, to fan graphs, they have him slotting in at, at first base, and that's going to put uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand on the bench, which I, I don't necessarily think is the greatest idea. Mm-hmm. Um you know, look, Jamer, essentially for what he is, he is a league average player. You know, he he's going to get a benefit from, you know, like you were saying, he's going back to the third best hitters park in baseball. He did set a career high last year with 22 home runs. He's going to hit in the middle of a top 10 lineup that's improving. He doesn't hit the ball hard. He's got a below average exit velo, slightly above average home run rate. Uh, last year, but, you know, that's going to come along with his, you know, his career high, but the ball flies out of the park there at, at Great American Ballpark. Sure does. You know, they got him for three in, in 45. He's not, you know, it's not like he's super old or anything like that. I do kind of get right, you know, so he's towards the back end of his prime maybe, but but still in it. And, and I, it always kind of pains me to see former Detroit Tigers go to Cincinnati and have success, um, a la Eugenio Suarez, Suarez and, and Nick yeah. Castellanos has, has gone there. Um, look, he's he's somebody you can get. You're, you should be able to get him for, for relatively cheap, considering mm-hmm. where he's at. I imagine as we get closer to draft time, there's, there's going to be some helium in his price. Um, so for those of you who are drafting earlier in the off season, he's going to present a better value than if you were to draft in, in say mid March. Dubo twin signed. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> they never spend the, the owners never spend no money. Well, I can understand that we haven't spent any money in Detroit in a minute. Well, since wow. Mr. Illich left pretty much. Well, he, he didn't just leave. He, well, he left, left permanently. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he left permanently. He's no longer. Uh, uh, you guys signed Correa. Uh, yeah, I didn't count that one because I didn't like that signing, Remy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we got him another year. Oh, Jesus. All right. We're on to free agents now. First one we got up here is J.D. Martinez. Speaking of uh, ex-Tigers, played for the Dodgers last season. Um, he had what 16 home runs, 62 RB. No, hold on, I'm looking at the wrong year. Yeah, double that 33 home yeah. runs, 103 yeah. RBIs, 893 OPS. It was a great bounce back year for him for sure. He's probably going to get a two year deal somewhere. There, there's been a little bit of smoke with him coming back to Detroit, and they could certainly use a, a, a right handed power bat. 
I know T. Oscar Hernandez just signed uh, either yesterday or the day before with the Dodgers, but it seems like every year the market is flooded with right-handed power bats and, and mm-hmm. especially dudes who are DH only. J.D. Sure. Martinez is not going to play the field. He put up those numbers last year. Granted, it was a Dodgers lineup and only 479 plate appearances. Um, you know, his, his strikeout rate last year, 31.1%. Uh, that was a career high, along with his 93.4 mile an hour exit velo. So, yeah. you know, there's still a little bit of pop there left in his bat. If he goes in, into the right circumstance, I, I would happily project, you know, 25 to 28 home runs, maybe 80 RBIs. He, he can still do a little bit with him as he's gotten older. And uh, this was, you know, this isn't something that's unique to him, but, you know, health becomes a struggle. And, and especially for those right-handed power bats, once you start to lose bat speed, it, it's all over. Yeah. Um, here's a list of the players with 450 plate appearances with a higher slugging percentage than JD Martinez last year. Otani, Seeger, Aaron Judge, Matt Olson, Ronald Acuna Jr., Jordan Alvarez, and Mookie Betts. That's it. Seven All Stars and 36 year old JD Martinez. So he's not looking for a long term deal. Um, and he he's going to be especially attractive to uh contenders. He is very good in the postseason. Uh, 974 OPS, 10 home runs, and 31 RBIs in 33 career games, hitting 294. Um, he's going to find a home. It's going to take some time here. Um, I, yeah, I know the Mets, the Tigers. I even read the Blue Jays. Even a return to Arizona kind of makes sense uh, a little bit too. So we'll see where he ends up. Um, I'd love if he came home helm back to the Tigers. That'd be awesome. I did like oh, yeah, love him very much as a player. Same. But, you know, we're not a team that's angling for the postseason, so I, I just don't see him doing it. I, I don't see him doing it either just because you've got somebody young and a little more promising in, in Detroit with Kerry Carpenter. It just he's somebody, and I know we're we're not talking about him, but just we're on the Tigers. I would love to draft him, but I'm so scared of the platoon. And that's something yeah. you run into so much. Like he's he's that's him. He he's a left-handed bat. He's gonna sit against left-handed pitchers. Granted, there aren't a whole hell of a lot of them in major league baseball. So maybe he plays five days a week or something yeah. like that. But you're gonna run into those weeks where Detroit is, you know, or any team, maybe you face four left-handers in one week. And now sure. you're getting jack shit from a yeah. guy who is normally hitting cleanup in a lineup. So it, it doesn't make sense there to me uh, for Detroit. Again, there's a little bit of smoke, but I would rather want to see Kerry Carpenter continue to develop and, and see what he can turn into as opposed to bringing on a free agent like that. When deep down, I think both of us know Detroit's not really going to contend this year. I think Obviously. if they, if they do, you know, maybe, I would consider it a success if they're in the wild card hunt towards the end of August. Yeah. All right. Next. Oh yeah. Let me pull up the uh, thing here so you can chastise me for going out of order. Just pick now, as long as you're going to Bellinger, we're good. (laughs) Ramey, is is this guy familiar to you? (laughs) Thinking back to the, uh, the good old days, Mr. Cody Bellinger. Um, 
he's coming off his best season since his 2009 MVP year. He had 26 home runs, 94, 97 RBIs. Um, at a triple slash, a 307, 356, and 525. Word around the campfires, he's looking for 200 mil. He also had 20 steals last year, which yeah. was was kind of surprising. He's going to give you very good defense in, in center field, and he's only 28. He's a left-handed power bat. There aren't really a whole hell of a lot of those around, and you know what his upside is. His upside is MVP-level play. Now, has he gotten back to that? No, he hasn't, but you can't expect a season like that from him every damn year. No. Um, what was I going to say about him? You know, he has, I, I don't understand how he puts up MVB caliber numbers despite below average exit velocities. You know, you have somebody like Vlad Guerrero, who's the epitome of hitting the ball hard with little to show for it. And then you have the other, you know, the vice versa or the opposite in Bellinger. Um, and he was just, and he was just so miserable those two years with the Cubs before he came uh, to the Cubs. It was, you know, they had to dump him. But I think he kind of presents a challenge for fantasy managers. Um, I expect a typical decline with players following a standout season like that. A 2020 season, of course, is plausible. Um, but I would still temper your expectations. But, again, we don't know where he's going. Or where he's going to play. Right. And you don't know how much he's going to be on the field either. Right. You know, he has started to become a hell of a contact hitter now. His whiff rate went down 7% last year. Um, so he's getting on base in other ways. And I do, I like him as a player. Just don't know where he's going to go. I have this sinking feeling that come draft season, people are going to drastically overpay for what they get out of him. And, and I think because people are going to draft based off of last year's numbers and expect them to increase back towards what he put up in 2019. Yeah. I don't think he has another season like that in him. Now he has played a, a 130 and 144 games the past two seasons. The couple of years before that, he didn't even reach a hundred games. You ain't going to do shit. If your ass ain't out there on the field and in the batter's box, um, and he's not really somebody you want to DH either just because of, of the excellent level of defense that he yeah. plays. Yep. I think if you draft him expecting roughly last year with maybe a little bit of regression, maybe he puts up 24 home runs instead of 26, maybe his RBIs are at 85 and instead of 97. I think those would be more realistic expectations. Again, this is park dependent. If he goes somewhere like Cincinnati, shit, all bets are off. Yeah, and I, I think it, it it's more likely, but and you know he's not going to Cincinnati, but still, I think based on what I think he's going to do, he's going to be far too expensive for me, either in draft round or if you're in an auction league draft dollars. Uh, I'll let somebody else overpay for him and try and find that production elsewhere. Heck yeah, Ramey thinks the Cubs end up resigning him. We'll see. And the elimination of the shift really helped him. Eh, I, I could agree with that. Really helped Corey Seager, too. Sure did. All right. Who we got left here? Oh, 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 got too many things on the board here. They really, I don't love this interface that much, but 
All right, Jorge Soler. I'll talk a little bit about him later, too, when we talk about our fantasy baseball 101 thing. But, dude, did he have some power last year or what? Dude. Um, it was back, had 36 homers, uh, racked up 77 runs, 75 RBIs. Uh, that's despite a kind of high strikeout rate of 24.3%. I think he can still maintain 30 home run potential and and, and surpass 90 runs and RBIs. Um, he retains what's big for him is he retains his outfield eligibility as well. So that's a limitation you don't have to worry about. We'll see. He was what his OPS was eight, eight, five, three last year. The average is seven, three, four across major league baseball last year. He had a fine season, especially the second half. And he was leading off for the Marlins last year in the second half. And that was awesome for me and my fantasy baseball team. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, he, he's another dude. There, there's been a little bit of smoke around him in Detroit. I think mm-hmm. him signing there would be more likely than than J.D. Martinez. Um, he's also younger than J.D. Martinez. He's 32 years old. I could see him easily getting a three-year deal. <clears throat> he's got 40 home run upside if he plays 130 games, but he's only done that three times in his career. Yeah. Um, he, he'd be a, a good fit in Toronto as well. And one of the things that kind of sticks out to me is he's got a better than average exit velocity. He's up over 91 miles an hour, but his BABIP is so damn low. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, he he does hit a lot of fly balls, 31.6%, average is around 23%. But you understand that going in. You understand what you're getting when you have Jorge Soler. The big thing is just keeping his ass healthy. If you can get that 130 games out of him, you've got a solid middle of the lineup bat. Don't piss around and, and hit somebody like that leadoff just because he he doesn't get on base enough. I mean, you look at it 34 percent last year. Uh, you know, got, all right, that was cool, but like not bad. For his he, career, he got on base because he cracked home runs, but uh, uh, they had some lineup issues down there, and, and and I think that was their best option last season. It was too, and and just the park down there, that right. is one hell uh, of a hitter's park, and or I'm sorry, uh, pitcher's park. They are where in the hell is it? Well, they must have changed some shit according to Statcast over the last three years. It leans slightly to the hitters, but just it, it seems so damn cavernous and it, whatever. <laughs> Apparently, I'm full of shit. Don't know what I'm talking about. So we'll move on to the next player here. Alrighty. Reigning NL Cy Young Award winner, Blake Snell. Um, He has won the Cy Young, and every season he's made 30 starts. Uh, He led the league in ERA, ERA+. um, And your baseball is a very analytics-driven game. So when you see a a stat label with plus at the end, that just means that it's normalized to 100, with 100 being average. Um, Last year, his ERA plus was 182. That means he was 82% better than league average. Um, in the four seasons, he, he's been, uh, let's see here. Four seasons, he's been above average, 21 to 24. He's got 25 starts. Um, elite K per nine. Oh, yeah. He, he just, he doesn't throw enough innings. He really no, doesn't. He does. and, and part of he's... it is just the way that he pitches. He throws so many damn pitches that very rarely do you see him pitch deep into games. And that's going to hurt you when it comes time to qualify for wins because you need that five full innings in there if you're the starter. Yeah. Um, 
I think he's somebody who, you know, again, is looking for some massive contract and, and, you know, he's been rumored to go to the Yankees and, and a few other teams, you know, I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but again, he's somebody who I'm not going to overpay for him. No, no. Uh, he's currently being drafted an ADP of 64 behind Peralta, Freddie Peralta, Aaron Nola, um, but ahead of Max Freed and Logan Webb. I'd rather have Logan Webb, I think. But speaking of Logan Webb, it's been rumored he, the Giants seem to be the best spot for him to go to. Uh, they need talent badly. Um, I think it'd be a nice rotation with Webb and Alex Cobb and Stripling. And that rookie, Kyle, I only remember his name, Kyle, because that's my name. I can't remember his last name. But um, you mentioned the innings thing. Last season was his only a second season where he reached 180. All his other seasons, he didn't hit 130. Yeah. So 120, uh, mid-20s for starts. Yeah. I'm kind of bullish on him. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I don't. I don't think his returns are going to equivalent that ranking, but he'll still be a value somewhere. That's depending on where he's going. But yeah, man, to win fantasy baseball, you really need some inning eaters and that are out there and um, accumulating stats. And he's a yeah, fine pitcher. He, Obviously won a Cy Young, two Cy Young. So. Yeah, but it, for me, he walks way too many people. He's got a walk rate up over 13%. MLB average is eight and a half percent. You cannot have sustained success giving away that many free passes. Yeah. Eventually that shit is going to catch up to you. But you can't definitely can count on the strikeouts. Like you said, uh, K percentage of 30 for six straight seasons for him. So we'll see. That'd be fine. And, you know, like a roto league, but I don't love him for points leagues as much. Nope. Okay, who we got next here? One more. We, we have former Chicago Cub, Mr. <laughs> Marcus Stroman. Um, he's somebody last year, look, he was having a career year prior to getting hurt. Um, but from July onward, he had an ERA, or July 20th onward, he had an ERA over 11. Um, he is typically durable, though. He is a very heavy ground ball pitcher. He's below average in his strikeout rates. To me, he's a low-end SP4, high-end SP5. Um, I think if you can get 30 starts out of him, maybe you can get 150 strikeouts. Uh, at this point in his career, he has made 25 starts six times in his career. Uh, he seems to be healthy coming into the season. He had some, and I was talking with Ramey last night. I asked him, I said, you know, what the hell happened with Stroman? He's like, oh, I don't know. So, you know, I looked it up, um, and now I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was... Uh, fractured rib cartilage or some horse shit like that, like something okay. I'd never heard of. Um, and the big thing was with that, there hadn't been a pitcher that had dealt with that injury recent enough for anyone to really understand what the recovery time frame was for it. Um, he came back after, after getting hurt and, and he was just kind of ass. Um, but prior to, he was damn good shit. He was a Cy Young candidate before the break. Yeah, he's long been one of the game's most reliable starters, working to a career 3.65 ERA and 230 appearances, sub-4 ERA in each of the last four campaigns. Uh, his, he did have career-high uh, walks per nine innings at 3.4. You know, he's not 
in his prime anymore. He'll attract plenty of interest um, on the open market, but he should he should play as a back end fantasy starter this season. He's somebody I could see grabbing, depending where you know. We'll see. He's not a guy that's you know he's below those nine figure guys, but you know far ahead of some of the other pitchers available. Oh, okay. Shit. All right. Now, a little NFL real That's quick it. here for, for five, I, ten minutes, five, six I, minutes. I know some folks been waiting for it. Yep. Um, Lions got the Sunday night game uh, against the Rams. are coming to town. I'm see. terrified. Don't, don't wear your fucking Stafford jerseys to the game. Wear your Jameson jerseys or something. <laughs> or wear a Stafford jersey and tape Williams on the back of that jersey. <laughs> there you uh, don't go. Wear a, don't wear. A go get you a Hutch jersey. jersey. Yeah, get in, it's just time for a new jersey. But um, a lot of exciting playoff matchups uh, this week. We'll see. I know that the Dolphins got to travel to Kansas City. It's looking like single-digit wind chill game, and Miami is just like zero and twelve in their last games when the uh, temperatures under forty degrees, something like that. Um, I'm not expecting. Anything major there. Although I did pick the Dolphins to beat the Chiefs. As did I. And I always remember hearing about like them bullshit stats back when Peyton fucking Manning was playing. Oh, he'd never won a game under 40 degrees. And like, all right, cool. He, you know, you haven't done it until you've done it. Yeah. yeah. And then that, you know, ceases to be a thing. Um, I, I just don't think Kansas City has the horses to do it this year. And when you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert and Devon Achant, like those are four of the top six or seven fastest guys in the NFL. Kansas City's defense played damn well this year. Legarius Sneed has been fantastic. Sure. But you can't keep up with that shit. No. You, 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 you can't, and especially in the NFL, speed kills, man. It does. We got Blue Yays in. What's up, man? Welcome to the show. Uh, What's up, Blue? Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you. Just got done talking about some MLB free agents. Um, Man, so I really want... (laughs) I would really like the Cowboys to beat the Packers and the Lions to beat the Rams and a rematch down in Dallas with them cocksuckers. Yep. With no no Brad Allen this time. (laughs) So we got Blue. Just wanted to let you know that Matt's a hater parlay is 1-0. You're welcome for that. And if you listened to my upset and took the Giants over the Eagles, you'd have even more money. You yeah. talk all that shit, and I'm over here putting money in your wallet, brother. But it's yeah. all good. Yeah. I got nothing for love for you. <laughs> we and talked. Congrats about that. on the the Michigan championship. Yes, sir. We are we are riding high. Uh, I was sure, talking to sure. a, a, sure, a buddy sure. before we we come on today, and he's like, "Oh, how how you feeling today?" And I was like, "Dude, I'm basking in the afterglow. Like I just got my first piece of ass." Yeah. It's it's fantastic. There's nothing better than being a champion, and, and especially knowing that I had absolutely nothing to do with it makes it even better. <laughs> um, I think the Browns will go down to Houston and beat the Texans. It, I don't. I think the Texans are a great team, fine team. I'm very uh, hyped to watch them. Um, I just think you know next year is probably their year to do some damage. Um, I think the Browns have been playing well, and the Browns have totally had to change their not totally changed their identity, but they were pretty much a run first team. And now since Flacco has been around their pass first team there, he's pushing that ball downfield. 
Well, I mean, if you look at the quarterback play that they had prior to Flacco taking over, of course they're going to be a run first team. You know, you had DTR out there who was just, I don't know, trying not to get killed. Mm-hmm. Um, Deshaun Watson, I ain't going to go into that. I wish him nothing but failure. Um, you know, Joe Flacco is a, a proven veteran. And, and the one thing you can see is he still has that elite arm strength. So it doesn't matter how shitty the weather is. Now, granted, they most likely are not going to get a home game. But if they have to go to, you know, Buffalo or Kansas City or go to Baltimore, a team they're very familiar with, you can push the ball through the wind. He can, he can, he's, I mean, he's a damn good quarterback. I, I was never really a Joe Flacco guy, so sure. to speak, but I think I appreciate him more during this run than I did during the run in 2012, Baltimore. 2013, whatever it was. Yeah. With Baltimore, the Ravens. Uh, you guys doing an NFL playoff preview Thursday? We are, but it's not going to be like it has um, during the season. It'll probably just be 10 minutes, 12 minutes, something like that. I don't know. But we will discuss it. We will talk about it. We both love football as well. So the Steelers come to Buffalo Blue Jays. What's happening there? Bill's going to take care of business. I mean, I, I, I don't see a world where the Bills lose. Mason Rudolph, dude. Mason Rudolph yeah. is not going into Buffalo in the playoffs and getting a win. It's yeah. just it, it's not going to happen. It's going to be cold as shit there. Well, God's going to be cool. That yeah, is. We got Blue Yays. He's talkative tonight. Where do you think Solaire lands? I think Toronto is a good landing spot for him. Um, I think Detroit would be a, a good spot for him. You know, they could plug him out in, in left field. And and I understand they brought in Mark, Mark Canna, but like you don't start Mark Canna over Jorge Solaire. Um, you're not going to bench Riley Green. You got Parker Meadows out there in center field. You could DH some too, um, but I, I think it's going to be D- Detroit or, or Toronto would be my two guesses. Fuck yeah. Bills will probably choke. Don't say that. Don't be speaking that into existence, man. But it's a good it's a good team. I think they'll take care of business there. I don't I don't see the Steelers going there and winning. But you, you know what we Bucks. should do? I do see the Bucks upsetting the Eagles though. You want to show your picks? Yeah, might as well. So I'll, I'll slap my bracket up here on, on how I think the playoffs are going to play out. Um, I, I think the Eagles will, will go take care of business, and, and I can't for the life of me figure out why in the hell they put that game <clears throat> on Monday night football, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I do like the Lions to to handle Matthew Stafford and and – I think that game's going to be a shootout. I wouldn't be shocked if that game was played in the high 50s, low 60s. I wanted to pick the Packers over the Cowboys, but FTP, I just couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> moving on to the, the NFC Divisional, the Lions get their revenge. The Niners once again handle the Eagles, and, and then you've got Detroit headed to San Francisco where they get the shit monkey off their back, and they go to the Super Bowl. In the AFC side, I agree with you, Kyle. I think the the Browns handle the Texans. Um, I, I like the Dolphins over the Chefs as, as well. Again, I just don't think they have the horses in, in the Bills, or they'll take care of business against the Steelers. And a hell of a job by Mike Tomlin getting that team there to the playoffs this season, but they, they'll they be one and done. Yeah, I like the Browns over the Bills. 
Um, just that defense is, is so damn good. And with how often Josh Allen turns the ball over, I mean, shit, he had another three turnovers, uh, just the other day. And, and, you know, the, the dolphins couldn't capitalize granted. They were down Raheem Mostert and, and Jalen Waddle. The dolphins will go into Baltimore. They'll lose again. And then the Browns over the Ravens. And, and what do we have? But a couple first timers here in the super bowl. Yeah. The Lions and the Browns, and I sure as shit am not going to bet against my team in the playoffs. The Lions prove once again that the state of Michigan is superior to the state of Ohio, and they secure their first Super Bowl win. Yeah, shit. I wonder if they'll just meet up in Toledo and fly out together to Las Vegas. They're so close to one another. but No. Uh, mine's not too much different than yours, at least uh uh, at the end, it is different, of course. But, yeah, I think uh, 49ers beat the Bucks. Uh, Lions take care of business. Cowboys take care of business. Um, and I got the same way. Lions and 49ers meeting up, but I have the 49ers beating the Lions. I think they're they're just too powerful a team for the Lions to get this year um, with some of our uh, issues on defense. On the AFC side, same way. I got the you know Bills, Dolphins, Browns winning. Uh, Ravens take care of business versus the Dolphins in the divisional round. Bills do the same, or Browns do the same thing to the Bills. Sorry, there, Blue Yays. Uh, got a Browns Ravens AFC North Super Bowl or uh, AFC Championship, I should say. Um, and I just got both one seeds uh, going to the to the to the dance there. Uh, Ravens taking it, twenty-seven twenty-four. With Lamar, I just boy's unstoppable. And the way that they took care of business against the 49ers earlier this year. I don't know. Matt is taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. He's taking something Brown to the bowl. Uh, I don't know if it's the <laughs> Cleveland Browns or not, but <laughs> I thought you weren't sick anymore. <laughs> Bet with your head, not your heart or, you know. Yeah. Leaky butt. Okay. All right. Next we got. So. I know a lot of you guys have uh, asked for, you know, you want to play fantasy baseball. You haven't played it before. You haven't done it in some years. Matt and I wanted to come out with, uh, you know, I guess I'll say uh, uh, some guidance, tips, tricks, hints. Uh, we're just calling it fantasy baseball 101. Um, you got the thing? Where's the thing? Yeah, I this one. It. There you go. Fantasy baseball 101. We got hot teacher in the house. Uh, so go ahead, hot teacher. Don't ever call me that again. <laughs> you know, after seeing that thumbnail, I'm sure you're very disappointed to, to see us here. Um, mm -hmm. Today's topic, and this is our first topic, it's waivers. And most of you who are watching have played fantasy football before, and you understand waivers is, are important. Fantasy baseball is a grind. Waivers are probably the biggest key to your success. Um, you know, in fantasy baseball, you should be churning the, the bottom of your roster. Baseball is a very high variance sport. Even the, the best players can go 0 for 8 across a couple games. You never see LeBron James go scoreless. Like it just, right. it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, you know, both hitters and pitchers get very, very streaky. And those are the streaks that, that you want to ride. There's, um, you know, uh, a hitter will be relevant for two or three weeks out of the season. But if you have him for those two or three weeks out of the season, they can almost single-handedly lead sure. you to wins. Yeah. Um, 
you you've got prospects that are constantly called up throughout the season. You've got quad A guys, and and what I mean by that is guys who are not good enough to be regular everyday major league players, and so they go back and forth between AAA in the majors. They might get you know 30, 40 games a year, something like that. Um, like I said, it is a grind, but you know if you if you stick with it, if you work waivers, if you understand how to spot players, you don't want to look at next week. Everybody's looking at, you know, two start pitchers next week or what hitter is going to be in Colorado and Cincinnati next week. You want to look a couple weeks out, especially if you can spare the roster spot, find that two start pitcher who's going to be in Detroit and Seattle. Yep. Um, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's waiver wire, never stop, never give up. This is the way you win championships. Uh, I lived that last season in my dynasty league and had very good, uh, luck picking up guys, uh, throughout the season from the first week to the last month, uh, of the fantasy baseball season. I grabbed Justin Steele the first couple weeks of the season. Y'all know what he did. He was what, uh, Oh, shit. I missed it. Damn it. Anyway, Justin Steele, 18th pitcher in fantasy points last year, uh, 862 points. Uh, It was nice to have him. I'm going to franchise him and keep him an extra year or whatever the term is. I can't remember what it was. Um, Another one was Kikuchi from Toronto that I grabbed uh, right before May. Um, Pitched 167 innings, got me 700 some points. He had more points than than, uh, Charlie Morton in Atlanta and Verlander, both guys that were drafted uh, way higher than Kikuchi was. And the great thing about our league, and not all leagues are like this, but uh, we had to start a couple relief pitchers, and he was dual eligible for starting and relief. So I was able to plug him in in weeks that it made sense with the matchups um, and get um, an extra start because you're looking for starts in fantasy baseball uh, for sure. You know, if you're, you probably average like, I don't know, seven, eight starts. Uh, I constantly had nine or 10, a lot of last season, and it helped me greatly. Um, I scored the most fantasy points in the league. Didn't uh, win a championship, but uh, came in second, but yeah, whatever. Oh, well. Um, And the other big couple of the big Solaire was one of them. I grabbed as well in May, rode him, started him a lot. Um, It worked out. And Alexis Diaz, the closer for the Reds was probably, my best get. Um, that was nice. I <laughs> I got him in May. Um, he was the best closer in baseball last year. Yeah, and um, another one I had was William Contreras, catcher from the Brewers. Um, I rode. Now, oh, fuck, what's his name? Alejandro Kirk, and he just sucked balls forever. But there's just not a lot of good pitchers there once you get past. Uh, 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 what Rauschman and who else? Those are catchers. Yeah, catchers. That's what I meant to say. My bad. <laughs> Fuck off, Matt. Uh, but Contreras was was great. He finished catcher number two behind Adley Rushman. It was great. It, uh, I had I had not constantly been on waivers. I'm talking every day. That football's different, man. You can kind of put that app away for three, four days and check it in a minute and see where you're at. Baseball's not not that way. Even if it's a baseball league where you just do weekly moves or, or even bi-weekly moves versus daily moves. I still was grinding every day 
trying to make my team better, even if it was for a week, because I just needed the win. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And and really, you need to understand, too, just like in fantasy football, how do your waivers work? Does the order reset every week? Do you get that number one waiver priority and you can hang on to it until you burn it? Or do you use FAB? If you use FAB, there's strategy that goes into that. Um, how much do you want to spend for somebody that you know you may only use for a couple weeks? And, and just like football, pickups that you make early in the season are going to be of greater value because in theory, you can get a longer period of productivity out of them as opposed to somebody who you pick up at the end of August. You'll also need to be conscious of any transaction limits that your league may have. Um, yeah, you know, and, and really it just speaks yeah. to understanding your league settings before you draft. As soon as you agree to join a league, go onto the website and look at your league settings, look at your league scoring. Um, there are leagues where you get start limits. You can only have seven starts per week or, or something like that. Sure. And, and we're going to get into, you know, more tips and tricks as, as we get closer, uh, to we're the season here. But, we're doing that know, Thursday, I believe. Yeah, we're talking about league scorings, types, and settings, and and the league details and stuff on that. So, on Thursday, to give you guys uh, a leg up to it. listen, it's never too early to uh, identify guys that that you're liking for this upcoming season. If there's evidence that that can help prove uh, a second half breakout from last season wasn't just a fluke, then you kind of already got a leg up on the competition and your league mates. Um, get aggressive. Identify guys. You, you put yourself in the best position to to compete this season. Absolutely. Cool. Well, look at us All at the hour mark. We we got through episode one of season two here on the Stone Down Sports Podcast. <laughs> uh, neither of us shit ourselves or burned anything to the ground. So I, I no. guess that's a good one. Um, do want to say thank you to to everyone who come to hang out with us. We really appreciate you hopping in the chat and and you know just talking talking with us. We're on this ride together. You yeah. know we're we're here to to help you guys out, but we're also here to to have a good time, have some fun, shoot the shit. You know we're we're passionate about sports. We're passionate about fantasy sports, be it baseball or football. I don't know enough about basketball to speak about it intelligently, but I do know I love March Madness, and, and I'll watch the NBA playoffs when people actually start giving a shit and playing a little defense. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, Thursday we'll have uh, a little MLB, like second-half performance, hot list kind of thing um, that we'll talk about a bunch of players from that. Uh, we'll also cover, yeah, the preview of the NFL wildcard a bit, not in the great detail that we did um, in our fantasy football episodes, but we're still going to touch on it and talk on it um, most definitely. Some more here. Um, and then our fantasy baseball 101 again on Thursday, I just mentioned, is going to be the the league settings, scorings, different types of leagues out there. There's, there's roto leagues, uh, points leagues, head-to-head -head roto leagues, um, we want to go over those so you guys understand the difference um, and the advantages and disadvantages and the strategies that you need to use depending on which type of league you're in. Sounds like a plan, homie. Sweet. All right. Take her. Take us out. All right, everyone. Again, appreciate you. Uh, we'll be back here again Thursday at our usual time. No episode on uh, on Sunday morning. No tinker time. Um, but that's going to be coming back in, in, 
in a, a different capacity as we get closer to the uh, the launch of uh, Major League Baseball and, and opening day, one of my favorite holidays. So on behalf of this dumbass here with me on the screen, just want to say I appreciate all you guys. Thanks for coming out, and we will talk to you Thursday. Good night, folks. Have a good one.